All right, my friends, how is everybody doing? What an exciting Riviera tournament. That thing just ended. Uh, I am super fired up for Joaquin Neiman, and we're going to talk about that a little bit and what was so cool and kind of uh, really inspiring about that whole event. We're also going to dive into the Saudi League What's going on there? What's the latest and greatest? And a lot of kind of uproar this week from some of the players. Ah, so we're going to dig into that. We're going to dive into also when is Tiger coming back to play? He did some interviews, and I think we can uh, maybe pull some stuff out of there to really maybe hone in on what we think may or may not be his return to professional golf. That's going to be exciting. I can't. Well. If he comes back, I mean, what's going to happen there? Also, we're going to talk about, I've gotten some, um, a lot of requests here. So we're going to dive into it in this podcast about YouTube copycats. Are people copying you? Are you, am I copying other people? Is that good or bad? What's the dealio with that? So you might want to, if you're interested in that, then, uh, we're going to, we're going to get into that a little bit too. And also, Okay. Forget about the Saudi league and these other leagues. We need a YouTuber golf league, golf YouTuber golf league. And I'm going to go more in depth on what my thoughts are for how we can make something like that a reality and a successful, really awesome thing for all involved. I think it could be really something uh, pretty cool. I'm still ironing out the details, but I keep talking through it and, uh, any thoughts, ideas you guys have too, most appreciated because I really believe in this golf league that we can we can get underway. All right, so one of my favorite events of the year is the Genesis Invitational at Riviera Pacific Palisades, California. I'm from California. I've played Riviera a couple times. It is a spectacular amazing course my favorite course obviously not maybe not obviously but it's one of my favorite courses it's my favorite course in los angeles my second favorite would be uh, la country club and then but riviera i mean that is the the creme de la creme that's a tough track cuckoo grass just classic design layout and joaquin neiman Drops a 63 on fr on Thursday, 63 on Friday, and then kind of just, you know, so-so on the weekend. But, hey, that's to be expected. He held his own, and he ends up winning the tournament. The Chilean golfer, what is he, 23 years old, I think, 23, 24? And young dude, it seems like he's been around quite a while. But uh, this was his second win, and here is what was so uh, riveting about this uh it, it, it is the fact that Serge, he, he's mentored by like Sergio Garcia. So yet at the end of the round, you have Sergio Garcia waiting for him. You have Carlos Ortiz. I believe uh, there was a few other players waiting for him to just congratulate him. Now, we've seen this before from time to time, but more often than not, we see it with these players from other countries. And I just think, man, how awesome is it for I'm inspired when I see a kid getting mentored by some of the you know older players like a Sergio Garcia, and then the dude sticks around. He doesn't have to wait for him, but he's there to support him, to encourage him. And I think that is the number one reason why uh, Joaquin Neiman did not fold on the weekends. It's so easy to get nervous if you're a young guy or any guy or anybody for that matter and you're out there on the weekend and you feel like alone or just by yourself it's easy to just kind of choke it's tough it's it's a tough brutal game and it's hard to kind of keep it together so that mentorship from these older guys in his life I believe that is what kept him on track when it kind of got rough his lead today was down to one and Cameron Young that guy man I was I was kind of pulling for him too that rookie big hitter and he didn't lay down either he had some rough holes yeah but 
he kept it together and he kept the foot on the gas and he kept charging. He kept, you know, he, he didn't disappear and he was down to one shot and then it got up, you know, to three again or whatever. And then he, Joaquin gets a, a, a bogey and, you know, Young could have made birdie and flipped it, but he didn't. So a lot of cool stuff happening, but overall, I think it was an awesome display by uh, Joaquin Neiman. I've always loved this dude's golf game ever since the first time I saw him. He just, the way he swings it, yeah, it's like, oh, that hurts my back just watching the kid. But he hits this like low, just bullet shot and crushes it for just being a skinny, thin, he's been working out, but the way he handled himself, I thought was uh, absolutely spectacular. Hats off to uh, Joaquin Neiman for the victory today at Riviera. Ah, I love to see great young players doing great things, especially when they have older men in their corner helping them uh, along the way. And it's just, it, it says a lot about him as a young man to allow somebody to mentor him because a lot of a lot of kids a lot of the younger generation these days are like no i got it i got it i'm me like i'm cool so i just think it's it's a humility an act of humility and uh an inspiration for all of us because we all need that no matter i need mentors in my life for just all the things i'm doing even at my age so to see a younger kid look for that and go after that, I think is, is fantastic. And he, you know, he's not the only one, like even Morikawa, like they'll seek mentors from other places, whether it's their coach or caddy or like Morikawa went to uh, the claw grip and he got that like inspiration, I believe from Mark O'Meara, who, you know, kind of helped Tiger when Tiger was first coming on the tour. So there's a lot of like crossover there. And either way, I think the mentorship piece of the tour uh, the people who seek that out, it, I believe they are the ones who will have more success than those that don't because you need that. You need to have someone who believes in you. You need to kind of have some humility in golf. You're going to get humiliated anyways, one way or another. So not that you need to be humiliated, but just have like that humble spirit to say, hey, dude, can I learn from you? Will you teach me? And as you get older, it's pretty cool when people are like, hey, can I learn from you? Can you show me the ropes? And all of that is uh, just goes to show what, what a good good dude he is. And uh, so I'm rooting for him every step of the way. And Cameron Young, great job. I'm rooting for that dude as he moves forward in his career. I think he's going to continue to be a force to be reckoned with. And I love it. And, and one thing I did want to touch on was, um, you know, some – <laughs> some of these announcers like i guess we could all pick on it but i always pick out the like the kind of the captain obvious uh quotes like um i love colt knows he does a great podcast and uh lo love that dude and i love him as an announcer or you know a commentator on course one of the best in my opinion and uh, i just wrote down what he said he, he's like i bet he wishes that ball stopped a foot closer so he could putt it yeah, I I do too. <laughs> I think we all do. That's just the the greatest quote in my opinion. I, I bet he wished that ball stopped a foot closer so he could putt it. I think we all wish it was closer to the hole so we could putt it. Yeah, is it in the rough or can it putt it? Yeah, I wish I could putt it. So keep up the good work, Coles. Little jab, I love you. I think it's great. I think uh, the, that kind of stuff, I just crack up when I hear that, like all that kind of obvious talk. Either way, I'm bummed. The West Coast swing is over. We're moving to Florida for the Florida swing. But good news, we got uh, TPC Sawgrass coming on. And uh, be sure to uh, my video is uh, I have a private course tour of TPC Sawgrass. So I take you inside the clubhouse, kind of places that you don't normally get to go. And on course, too. So that's out now and i think uh you'll enjoy it so it's on my main youtube channel so be sure to check that out there all right moving on to this saudi league this is 
not the first time and it's not going to be the last that other leagues are going to, let's say, pop up, come out of the woodworks. People are going to say, hey, let's start a new league. We need more. We need this. We need that. There's the now, and it gets confusing because there was a, a, a premier golf league, the PGL, right? And then there's the Saudi golf league, SGL. And that's run by like, I mean, it gets, there's like an LVI group and Greg Norman's involved in that. And that's the money behind the thing. And the, anyways, it, it's all convoluted. Like, unless you kind of piece it out and, and, and really get, you know, clear and specific, but okay. In, in reality land, what we need to know is that there's a Saudi golf league that people are, uh, backing and it's reported there's num all different numbers flying around, but reportedly rumors have it that Bryson's been offered like $135 million to be a part of this league, as well as Phil Mickelson's been offered a ton of money. Ian Poulter's rumored to be a part of this thing. Lee Westwood, Adam Scott. There, there's a lot of guys. And then a lot of guys this week, we hear Mickelson saying how greedy the tour is and, Oh, and then what I kind of clinged on to, one of the things that Pat Perez said in his interview, a lot of guys are turning on each other here, and really they're most of them are turning on Phil. And they're saying, I, I don't I don't know what's going on with this guy. Like he's and Pat Perez says something in his press conference that like he doesn't speak for me. I'm just summarizing here, like the gist of what he said. And one of the things he said is like, look, Phil's got a lot of uh, stress in his life right now. So blah, blah, blah. And he went, he went on and on and on. And so I'm like, Oh, okay. So there's stuff going on that we don't know about. Now we can only speculate like what's going on in Phil's world. I don't know. I don't know. People know. Well, I don't know, but I'm going to take Pat Perez. I mean, he let us in to the world of like, hey, I don't want to have anything to do with what's going on with his world. And they're both from San Diego. I'm from San Diego. They're both from San Diego. They're both from the same spot. They're, you would think they'd kind of be on the same page. They know what's going on and they do know what's going on. And they're letting us in a little bit that there's a lot of things. Life stuff is happening. And this golf league, the Saudi league, like what is this good or is it bad for the PGA Tour? Ultimately, like where would we as the viewer benefit from this? Would it be good for us or bad for us? I think that's one of the things that we need to consider as the viewer. Now, the player might say, hey, I get all this money, fantastic. But as the viewer, who do I get to watch? And really the Saudi Golf League, it's, Ultimately, the way it's kind of shaping up is that it would most hurt the Champions Tour because it seems like the Phils, the Polters, the Westwoods, the older guys would migrate to that tour because on the PGA Tour, you're not typically in your 40s or early 50s, you're not going to make a ton of money there. If you have a big name like Phil, you can get good money with your Callaway endorsements and things like that and your other endorsements, but tour money, you're probably not going to make that much, but you do get a lot of perks, right? If you have a certain amount of wins, if you're exempt for life, then you could play in whatever tournament you want. That's all good. If you've won the masters, then you get to go to the masters. Now, the fact that Greg Norman is somehow involved in this makes it feel like there's something having to do with, Hey, we're going to have our own thing because I don't get to go play the Masters because he's never won it. So he wants to be a part of something else. And he's tried something like this with the World Golf League back in the 90s. And that, that didn't work out either. So there's a lot of kind of pieces to this puzzle. And I think, in my opinion, I would just guess that I don't think this golf league is really going to come to fruition. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to take off personally, but I do think that it's guys like Phil are using it as leverage to, 
get some change on the PGA Tour. Because here's what, what happens. The PGA Tour owns everything. Of course, right? It's their tour. They created a tour. They built it up. They created what it is. They got all the best players in the world. It's They did it. They did all the work. And so they're going to own everything. And a lot of the players don't like that, right? Like I, I've talked about before, like Phil can't sell video of him playing tournaments and make any money off of that because that's owned by the tour. So that's something he doesn't get to do. But the tour makes money over and over and over off of his likeness. But that's too bad. They created the tour. They made you tons of money. So that's the way it is. That's business. And if you don't like it, you're free to leave. But you're not going to make any money anywhere unless there's some giant league. But will that happen or will it not? Because that league can only happen if you have enough players to make it interesting. And what's interesting in golf is when you have all the best players playing together because you, that's what we want to see. We want to find out who the best is. And when you dilute the pool of players, then it, we're not going to find out who the best is. Now, it, and if you take kind of players who are older, who aren't competing or in contention hardly ever anyways, then what's the point? We know they're not the best players. They're just the most entertaining players from the PGA Tour. So, okay. So what happens to those non, let's say, entertaining players? What do they do? Then they go to the Champions Tour. But because you're pulling all the guys that are in their late 40s, early 50s, then the Champions Tour is d diluted as well. And it, it just makes things very, very complicated for that. So, I think that the Saudi league will kind of just go away in my opinion, because you have to have a ton of players and they need the younger players to commit. And it's risky because you don't know who the young like up and comers are that are really going to perform. Will they perform? They might perform there on the Saudi league, but would they perform on the PGA tour and then how do you get them in front of a lot of people it's going to cost a ton of money for promoting this tour for getting it out there it's just a huge huge undertaking and i don't think kind of the way they're going about it is the way that's going to make it thrive and be successful i could be wrong i mean totally it could take off and be fantastic i just don't think so I think it's going to be one of those like, uh, just a lot of talk and nothing ever happens. Now, I think that if Phil has a group of people that wants to make change on the PGA tour, the best way to do that is to go on a strike and just have all these people say, no, we're not playing until things change. That would change things on the PGA tour. Just go on strike. You know, it'll cost you, of course, because you're independent contractors, you're not going to get paid. But if you truly want change, step away for a little while. And it seems like Phil and Bryson and a few guys are currently doing that anyways and blaming uh, injury or whatever. But, like, why wasn't Phil at Riviera? He's always at Riviera. I mean, he loves that place. Why wasn't he there? And typically he flies back and forth and goes and sleeps in his own bed down in San Diego. So it didn't – why wouldn't he go there? I don't know. You tell me. It's a great event for him. And – so I think they're doing stuff to kind of get back at the PGA Tour. And I believe the PGA Tour is like, so what? We don't care. We're going to move forward. And if, if you mess with us, like you're out. You're going to suspend you. You're going to be banned from playing on the tour. And that's going to be tricky. That's going to be tricky. I don't know how they get around that. I guess, you, you know, you could pull your card. All right. And... But does the pull your card, if you're exempt from the, like you're going to be able to play the Masters. If you're exempt for the U.S. Open, you could probably play that. You could play these non, let's say, tour-sanctioned PGA Tour events. And what if you get sponsor exemptions into these events? So you might not have your PGA Tour card, but you can play as a sponsor exemption a certain amount of times per year. But the tour does do stuff to incentivize people to play. Like if you play 15 events, they give you like a $50,000 bonus 
for playing a certain amount of events. You know, they have their, their player incentive program, the PIP. And that go, this is what's funny though about the PIP, that they give you a bonus. I think it was uh, $40 million last season for 10 players get that pool of money. The top 10 split up this 40 million based on your player, your impact on social media. And for 2022, it's rumored like it's 50 million. So there's a lot of money, but only 10 guys are going to split up that money. So the number one gets the most, and that's probably Tiger Woods or Phil or Bryson or Brooks. And the other guys are scrambling, trying to be influencers. Here's the deal. And, and this is the challenging part. If you are spending all your money or all your time to try to earn that money on social media, that's going to take away from your performance on the PGA tour. Like look at Bubba Watson. He puts a, a lot of time into social media, doing little stuff, TikToks or whatever. But he's kind of, when he started doing that, he started tailing off the PGA tour. Uh, you know, he, he's not competing as much as he had been in the past. And so that's one of the challenges. What makes you a great PGA tour player is like that Tiger Woods model of, Stay away from me, privacy, I'm gonna do my thing, don't talk to me, I'm not gonna do anything but practice, focus, play, and dominate. That's how you win, right? That's how you become like a Tiger Woods, by doing that. But if you're doing social media land, then that's going to really take away from your ability to do the other stuff. So I think it's a double-edged sword with that PIP money. But what the tour wants, they want to own the social media space and they'd even reach out to a lot of let's say golf influencers bring them in to help promote them not the influencers to help them promote the pga tour and these influencers fall for it all the time yeah yeah i get all this stuff cool 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 they don't understand all that content is owned by the pga tour the pga tour is getting all the benefit from it you get to do a couple cool things but it's non-sustainable. It's not going to last for very long. You can't build a business. A you can't build a business off of that stuff that they give you. They're just letting you in the door, allowing you to do a little bit of stuff so that they get promoted through you. And so they're doing that exact same thing with the player incentive program, but using the tour guys to do it. And if I'm on tour, I'm focused on practice, getting better, and competing. And I'm staying away from all the other social media stuff because that gets in your head. There's a lot of haters. There's a lot of stuff you're going to read. There's a lot of stuff, negative stuff that's going to creep in from that that's going to affect how you perform on the golf course. So that's the it benefits the tour. It doesn't benefit the player at all because the tour ultimately owns all that content. And everything that you're allowed to do, they own it. So that's what I could see. That's a struggle. That's a struggle. So you got to wrestle with that one. But all, it's all wrapped up in, you know, with these competing leagues that are rumoring to come around. So I don't necessarily think that Saudi Golf League will even happen this year or at all for that matter. So we'll see. Uh, and I, but it's all based on who's, who's in. And I think more are out than are in when it all comes down to pulling the trigger saying, okay, here or there, I, if I'm on the PGA tour, I'm probably, it's a sure thing. You know what to expect. I'm like, ah, I'll probably stick with that. Cause I know, I know what's, what's going on and I'm here. So it'd be hard. It'd be hard to really jump ship. So I'm on board with, uh, just, Stay where you are for now. See how things pan out. Good luck, though, Phil. <laughs> we'll see what happens. So Tiger Woods was sat down Saturday with uh, Jim Nance. And he, he grilled him a little bit. I kind of liked it. He, he was like, when are you coming back? Tiger, what, what, what are you doing? Where are you at? And he kept asking him over and over and over. What about the Masters? Any chance? And we just got this, I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. It was all these I don't knows from Tiger Woods. And now, look, here's what we have to go on. We've heard the same thing from Tiger Woods over and over and over. Through all. See, we have a lot of history with Tiger Woods injuries. His back, his leg, you know, his knee, his stuff. So he's always said the same thing. I don't know. I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. You'll be the first. I don't think he said you'll be the first to know, but you got that kind of impression. Like, hey, I'm working hard. I'm getting stronger. I'm da-da-da-da-da. Here's the deal. Over this past summer, right, you didn't hear about Tiger Woods doing anything. And then all of a sudden, he's playing in the father-son tournament with, with his son, right? So nothing to, oh, dude's playing golf and looked pretty good. And so that was over the summer. So it's months later. And now we don't hear anything about Tiger, about him uh, practicing, playing, just nothing. It's quiet. Crickets. And then he's being interviewed. And he says, I don't know. I'm just training hills. I don't have stability, blah, blah, blah. I, look, I get that Tiger, he doesn't want to say. and he, But he's never said, like, dude, I'm playing the Masters. I'm coming back. I'm going to be there. He's never really said that when he's been injured, coming back. Has he? I don't. I believe we've always heard the same exact thing. I don't know. I don't know. And the next thing we know is like, oh, Tiger's – he entered a tournament. Now, we do know this. He typically wants to enter a tournament before the, the, the main tournament just to see where he's at, get a gauge of how competitive he can be, get a feel. So what does that mean? Where, would he, we, where could we expect possibly to see Tiger Woods get out there for – a potential round of golf. Now, part of me does believe he's some semi-authentic with what he's saying. But that the logical side of me says, hold on, he's never really said that before in the past. He's always been a little like vague with us. So I'm gonna go logical here and I'm gonna say, okay, the dude played. He rode around the cart, so he can't. He needs to walk. Where can he walk coming up that's, that could potentially prepare him for Augusta? All right, well, good news. We're in the Florida swing now, and the Florida's the flattest state there is, so that's good. So right, he loves Bay Hill. Would we see him over at Arnie's place at Bay Hill? I, I would think that could be a potential walk for him to come out there and say, can I do this? Can I play there? I wouldn't be shocked if he entered that tournament to see how he could do. Now, if he's not quite ready for that, I wouldn't be shocked if he then went and entered uh, the Players' Championship, nearly a major. So that's a, Or both. If he's feeling good in one, could recover. And get out the uh, now. I think he might limp around a little bit, but dude, dude has played on a broken leg, so we know he can hobble around on the golf course pretty well. I think, and we, we know he can hit golf shots, and he can hit them pretty good. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him at Bay Hill. I would like. Don't hold your breath, but I would suspect like we might see him sooner. Than we think, because look, Tiger knows he's going to be pepper. He knows he's hosting the Genesis. He know, like obviously, and he knows he's going to have to sit down and ask, answer a bunch of questions. And he knows exactly what those questions are going to be. So he's going to be working his butt. He's not a guy who just doesn't try. He's like, ah, I just I'm going to wait it out. He's never done that, and he's told us he hasn't done that because he said, dude. As soon as I could 
get up, stand up. I was chipping. I was putting. I was doing something because he just can't not do that. So I know it takes a while for the body to heal, but I know, I just know in my heart of hearts, he's doing stuff to get his body healed up so that he can compete. So I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say more that like he's going to compete before the masters. And I would say he, he, like, I don't think he would go to the masters only because that's a very, very hilly course. And that would just, that might not be the wisest thing. Like he would have to say, look, can I even walk a flat course? And if he could walk a flat course and then do two events, he might be ready and to, to grit it out for Augusta. Cause I do believe he believes he could win there no matter what condition he's in. Cause he knows that course so well. He's a great putter. His short game's gonna be rock solid, that's for sure. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing we're gonna see him at Bay Hill. That would be my guess and or the Players' Championship. But I'm, if he plays Bay Hill, I'm, he's, gonna do, he's gonna do both. So that's my Tiger Woods prediction. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, I'm rooting for him. That's all I want, but you know, I think he wasn't as, let's say, forthright with the viewers as because uh, he just never has been. He's always this guy, like, he'll announce it like, oh, just, oh, look, Tiger's in there. <laughs> look what Tiger did. And ticket sales will explode. So, look, if you're near the area, you might want to get your ticket now just in case. Because as soon as Tiger makes an announcement, forget it. You ain't, you ain't getting nothing. Forget it now. Lock it in. Come on, Tiger. You can do it. You know it. Just do it. Just do it. Come on. You got it. Good luck. And I think, I think, I think we'll see him. So I've gotten a lot of people sending me like a video, like, oh, these guys copied you. They copied you. Da, 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 da. Okay. So uh GM Golf does a uh private like a, like the, I think the title of the video was $250,000 membership. And then I see that I'm like, oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. And I, I watch a video. Like it's a totally different format than I, than I do it. Which fine. They do great stuff. I mean, their content's pretty solid. So, uh, you know, all credit to GM and Good Good and all those guys. Like they do engaging, fun content. So when I saw that, like, People were just like, Matt, what do you think? And they're like, like, uh, what do you think about like copycatters out there? Like, let me just say, they're not the first to copy that video, like thumbnail title. They're not the first ones. It's been done before. I'm not going to call people out, but that's not, that's it. Okay. So, okay. It's been done before. And other of my videos have been ripped off before too many of them and i will say this i did copy one sort of one of um the good good cruise videos bubby golf like i did copy one of his videos and now gm garrett gave me credit saying hey we got this idea from mr short game and so they did it and i appreciate that now i didn't give Bubby credit in my video. Now I didn't do it on purpose for a reason. I'll get into that in just a sec, but so they gave me credit. That's always good, right? If you're going to kind of rip someone's up, give them credit. Not everybody does that. Uh, plenty of my stuff has been totally ripped off and no credit. And I'm like, okay. And over the years, I'm like, man, like it's, it would bother me. And I'm like, man, this guy's just stealing my stuff. This guy's stealing my, this guy's stealing everybody's stuff. So I was like, okay, what do I do with that? And so I didn't, I didn't know. And so I started doing a lot of analytical research in YouTube and I'm an, ana people don't, they don't know this. They may, I am an analytic nerd, not like in the golf swing. You wouldn't know it based on my videos because I try to strip all that off of the video and just go into pretty simple instruction on my instruction videos or fun stuff. But that's all based off hours and hours of analytics of studying golf swings. 
Same, I do the same thing on my YouTube analytics. And if you're not into that, you have no idea how deep you could really get. And oh my gosh, I'm in the weeds in these analytics. So I'm trying to study off the, that what happens when people copy my video? Cause I was like, okay, they copied mine, but my video went crazy and theirs did nothing. And they totally ripped off my thumbnail title, everything. So what, what happened? And so then I was like, okay, I saw, um, Bubby golf's video on this dog throwing thing. And I was like, oh, like, but now, and it was perfect because I was like, I watched his video and I was like, oh, like I could see what the problem is because I didn't think his shots were coming off the way they should. And I'd done a video like that, like 12 years ago, not with the dog thing, but I actually threw my club, but it's the, literally the same thing. And so I was like, oh, okay, that I know that dog throwing thing and I know the drill and I've done the drill. And I think um, this is a perfect opportunity to test my analytic theory here. All right, so this is why I, you know people are like, oh, copying is bad, 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 and it's not bad. So I said, all right, he doesn't typically do like instructions. I do a lot of instructions. So let me do an instruction off of Bubby's video. Now he never even used the thing. He just talked about using the thing and talked about a video he saw of somebody actually using it, uh, not even for golf, for baseball or something like that. So I said to myself, all right, I'm gonna get it and I'm gonna actually use it and show people how to use it correctly, effectively. Cause I know it, it anyways. So that's what I did. And I did it like immediately after he dropped his video. Now that is, here's what's, here's what's interesting. That is his number one video, most viewed video on his channel. And it's his most viewed video by a mile. Like his second place is like hundred thousand views less. It's ridiculous. So this is what YouTube does. They know what the original is. So when somebody else copies it, what they do is they push the original, just the algorithm, the bots that they, they know like, Hey, this guy did something. And then this guy did something right on the heels of that. So let's push the original content to more people. And that's exactly what they did. Now, my video is still doing well, not nearly as well as his did, but his is his number one video by far. So I specifically did not mention him in the video because I didn't want the, the bots, the algorithm to do anything, to even know anything. I wanted to test it clean. Meaning if I say his name in the video, then the algorithms pick that up. They know, all right? They trust me, they know all this stuff. So I didn't do that. And I, I just let the comments come in organically and everybody's referring back to Bubby golf. And I'm like, this is fantastic. This is exactly what we want. And what does YouTube do? They keep sending off the original video more and more and more and more. And so what, what happened is he had his number one video. So if I were to copy the next, another video off of him, Again, YouTube would do the same thing, right? That's just how it works. So when my video gets copied, YouTube does the exact same thing. So where, and I always suspected this cause I was like, man, my video is doing great. Theirs isn't, but yet they copied me. These people, these different people are copying me. What is, should I be concerned? So I tested it with the Bubby thing and sure enough, um, YouTube pushed his video. So you're welcome. Basically <laughs> like it was, but it was just the perfect, you know, I was just always looking at different videos. Like, okay, where's one that would, that I could test out. So that it just was, it worked out. I couldn't have planned it any better. Thanks Bubby for being like the, the, the Guinea pig to my experiment. But I did mention him in the comments as well. And it helped his video even gain more views, more traction. So when it comes to copycats, that's kind of a long answer, but when it comes to copycats, it's not a big deal. Like 
even um, I think Rick Shields mentioned in a podcast he did recently that he watches everybody. And he, yeah, if somebody's doing something, he's going to copy it. Of course, like we're all not, now I'm not just looking for people to rip off. I never really want to rip off other people in YouTube land. But what I want to do is gain inspiration and say, okay, they did this. Let me do, let me do something similar, but I'm going to put my spin on it. I'm always putting my spin on it because that's just who I am. And I try to be an original content creator in that golf space. That's how I came up with my private club videos and the way in which I do them. And I got those from not even golf creator, like, um, from like Casey Neistat's airplane video, like his airplane, first class airplane reviews. I was like, man, those things are cool. Those are awesome. And I drew inspiration and I said, what if I did that with these private golf country clubs, something like that, but with, golf right so i'm not like ripping him off i'm just applying it to what i do and i so i'm like okay how can i do that and then i tried different things and then kind of got my format now and i'm always kind of trying to tweak it and make it even better and better and better but that's how that's how i operate i'm like oh i like what they're doing here how can i make it my own other people just rip it off and that's not gonna be good for them if you make it your own you'll be fine so i love what gm did with their video with his video on the private membership. And I think, I think it was great. And they got their own way of doing things and they did that and that's fantastic. And you should always have your own kind of unique thing. So when people, the viewers see it's you, they know what to expect. And that's what YouTube wants. They want um, to know what to expect, right? Hey, when, they, when this creator does this type of video, this is what it's going to be like. And therefore they're going, YouTube likes that. It's an algorithm, the bots, all their, you know, computers, AI love consistency. And they love to know what that video is going to be about what it does. So the copycats good. If you do it a certain way, your way, and you make it consistently your own, then it's all good. So no, I, you know, that's why I don't now, now I don't mind the copycats like I did before analytics and some testing on my part allowed me to like embrace it more than hate it. So there you go. Don't, but I prefer you not just to copy, but if you do make it your own, cause that's how we all grow and get better. And then collaboration is always good too. All right, we're gonna keep talking about this until we can figure it out. Because there are, there's, we're missing something. This is missing. And, you know, it's not something we can't overcome and make great. And that is a YouTuber golf league. I, you know, I, look, I've been thinking about this for years, ever since I started, before I started YouTube, I always thought, man, okay, why, what makes golf exciting? Most of the time it's boring, right? Most tournaments are boring. A lot of tournaments are boring. What, what wasn't boring? I'll tell you what wasn't boring was when every weekend I could sit down and watch Tiger Woods. That was exciting because you knew he was exciting, the shots he hits were exciting, and he was gonna do something. And if he was playing, then he was in contention every weekend for like 10 years. So that's exciting. And now, if he plays, we don't care where he is. If he's in the, in the field, we wanna watch it. We wanna see it. He was essentially your team. Right? Like if you had a football team, Tiger's your team. Whether you like him or hate him, right? If you like the Raiders, you're gonna watch the Raiders. If you hate the Raiders, you're gonna watch the Raiders. Same thing with Tiger. You might have been an Ernie Els fan, VJ, Phil Mickelson, whoever, it didn't matter. If Tiger was playing, you were gonna watch to see what happened. And so that's what we're missing in in, in golf. Like you can like a lot of guys like, okay, Colin Morikawa, like, all right, he's not that exciting, but all right, you know, he's good. He's really good. 
And he was in the mix here at Riviera. And, well, Jordan Spieth was there for a little bit, but then he kind of faded away. And, I mean, everybody loves Ricky Fowler, but I don't know what's going on with that guy. He's kind of nowhere to be in the mix. He's never in the mix right now. So, okay, that's no fun. Brooks Kepka, okay. Well, it's not a major, so he typically doesn't care. We don't know where Bryson is these days. He's super fun to watch, but he's injured. So he's not there. Uh, who else? Uh, so we got Joaquin Neiman. Well, I'm rude for that guy, but he's not like, like if it's not Riviera, I'm probably not tuning in, right? Cameron Young, like, am I gonna tune in for the? No, I'm sorry. Like I'm just, he's not at that level yet, right? Because we don't know who he is. Justin Thomas, you're in the mix. All right, you're fun to watch, but nah, nah, nah. you know that's kind of where we are. Like. I, we need some excitement. So there are exciting players, but they're not there week in and week out. And I think for for the golf fan, like like when Tiger Woods was around, like you had all the non-golfers watching, right? Because he just had it. So that's what we're missing. We're missing that, which is rare. That's totally rare to see, to get, just like Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Tiger Woods, right? Like it, it just doesn't happen very often. So that's why I thought, hey, you know what? There's a lot of like fun characters here in the YouTube golfer space that are fun to watch and or listen to. And I, if we, and, and, if we had a golf league where each week you could see us play a match against another YouTuber, that would be cool. So my whole league kind of would work very similar to what the NFL does, right? We have um, a, an NFC and an AFC. So let's say UK and America. And then the Americans, we are broken up into different you know, little divisions. Same with the UK. You have some different divisions. So we start off small. There's like, like two divisions on each, on the UK, US. So East Coast, West Coast, let's say for the United States. And on the East Coast, there's, uh, let's say eight, eight players, six players, whatever we can get, right? Let's say there's eight on the West Coast, eight on the East Coast. There's 16, you do the same thing in the UK. You have 32 YouTubers kind of involved. Fantastic. So what you do is you have these East Coast divisions. So I would play uh, a match, a nine-hole match against somebody at my course. And then I play nine-hole match against that same person at their course, home and away. And then it's match play, no strokes, straight up match play. And whatever, you, one and one, two and oh, you get points, there's a tie, that's fine. You you deal with it, like we work it out and it, it's a points-based system. So then I play, ev you play everybody in your division. And then there are standings, like you're here, you're here, you're here, you're here. Now we could do this, it could take, six months, eight months. It could take all year. Who knows? But we, we play these matches and they come out every so often. And you as a viewer would get to see us not only just play a competitive match, but engage like we normally like to do on camera and have a good time. Something that you don't necessarily see on the tour. What would this do? Well, each week you would get to see the golfer, the same golfer you would get to see them week in and week out it wouldn't matter like i love watching ricky fowler play but if he's not in contention i don't get to see him he maybe he misses the cut then what does he do well i don't get to see him but i like watching him right so you don't get that and as a viewer you want that so like the tour the pga tour does nothing with those popular guys for the weekend they're just out like what if okay you missed the cut ricky but guess what you get to play match play against so and so and we get to watch it well that'd be cool for something i don't know that'd be fun right 
but they don't do that. But that's what this YouTube golf league would be. Each week, you get to see the people that you watch. So obviously it's not for everybody, but it's for those people who watch the YouTube golfers and are fans and enjoy their or hate them. It doesn't matter. You get to watch them. And that's what I think we would have week in, week out. And then at the end, we all get together. And based on your standing, there's, let's say, a bracket. And we seed everybody. And then we play match. Or it's just, you know, playoff. We play six-hole, nine-hole matches until there's a winner. And we can all kind of come together that one time a year for the finale. And, you know, it had to be worked out. A lot of logistics, but whatever, you know, there's a lot of logistics with everything. That's what I think would thrive and shine in, let's say, a YouTuber golf league because it's there. It's ready to go. And there's a way to kind of get it out there and promote it and get it viewed on the YouTube platform where I think everybody could benefit, like all the creators could really kind of benefit from this huge collaboration. And it's just a matter of like, look, it's, it's for fun. We could raise money for charity. We could make some money. We could, you know, but I think ultimately it's about that, that collaboration, that camaraderie and that competitive spirit that we all have. Cause we all love the game. We all love golf and we all want to kind of be a part of that. So that's what I would do. Some something like that with some extra tweets in there, but that would be my idea for that YouTube golf league. And I think with I think with some a little bit more, we gotta kind of keep massaging this and working it. I think that would be a really really like uh, awesome you know content, ongoing content that we can all kind of get behind and really enjoy. Like it's 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 a series, it's a show, it's a league. It's, just like we have seasons like the NFL and baseball and basketball, we do that. And then you have consistent people that you see week in, week out that you love, you hate, hate that dude, hate that dude, hate, I like that dude. And you root for them. So YouTube Golf League. Maybe the Saudis can get behind it, fund it. They got the money. I don't know. We need some, but we, we could do it. We could do it on our own too. And I think it could be something really, really hot. So let me know your comments about that and uh, we'll see what happens.